0: all right hello there and thank you for downloading the podcast from italy on this 25th day of august 2020 good morning ashley ciao good morning This is our second take of this podcast. <laughs> the first one we recorded yesterday morning, but it was dark. It was a dark po- It He just, just felt wasn't like happy. it was a downer. It was a Debbie Downer, so we're going to redo it this Energy. morning. Energy and positive attitudes. <laughs> it 's seven fifteen in the morning. It is been a hot, hot August. Uh, this morning is cool and it, feels like September It does feel like later in september we 're
1: sitting outside it 's a nice, cool morning, and the sun is not high
0: no the it, this morning 's the first morning where we really notice the light changing, and normally that sun boop pops up real hot real quick mm-hmm. over uh, over the little hill that lies to the east of the house and this morning it kind of sat behind that sat behind there a little bit now it's popping up
1: well the august like you were saying it has been hot so this is kind of a nice uh, reprieve from the heat we've had it hasn't been like years past by any means this year where we've had 90 days above 90 degrees kind of thing this no but it's just been a the, hot
0: august it's been in the 30s for mm-hmm. the whole month but um it should be it's of if, course if you if you all my nerdy. No, I have nothing
1: w- to complain about. All
0: my nerdy weather websites say that this is a normal weather pattern for the summer. So I'm it's hoping, been dry, though. I'm
1: hoping for an Indian summer, nice long. Uh, give That's it. Uh,
0: I don't know if it is or not, but
1: I'm part Native American. <laughs> <laughs> Deep family history, um, but the for a nice warm September, and then we'll take the rain at the second half of September and into October.
0: Well, we're dry this year. We're not even close to where we should be for the year to date for the water so we need it well
1: i want to start doing the fall projects today we're going to start trimming the hedges and we keep um kind of going between hedges and projects around here you know like all the trying to figure out what we're going to do to set up for fall early move the wood but i gotta start learning how to use that chainsaw
0: um, the, the valley is changing. The tractors are rolling around, mm-hmm. picking up the last bit of the, um, the straw to f- or the hay to feed the, the animals for the winter. Um, yeah, you can feel it. There's the change it. of the
1: season coming. Uh,
0: we heard the dogs, the packs of yep. dogs with their bells around their necks. The hunters are out training them in late August.
1: And God, you said they also start doing the rabbit hunts.
0: I, I I don't know, mm-hmm. but the were, lepre for the jackals. I didn't hear any shots. All I heard mm-hmm. is, is dogs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, more people on the forestale. The forestale are around. They're passing. driving back
1: and forth, checking for anyone who's uh, hunting that shouldn't be yet.
0: And, and more Fiat little Fiat pandas driving slowly down the road this yes. time of year. There's traffic on Candeliano. So it's starting to change. We're starting to feel like it's the the summer's wrapping up. Um, even though it's supposed to be hot again the, later on in the week but
1: well before summer wrapped up we got to enjoy Ferragosto that's the culmination of summer in Italy the biggest summer holiday of course it's wrapped up to a saint's day i don't remember what started in the fascist regime i don't remember why <laughs>
0: Wikipedia, we're, we're light on facts,
1: <laughs> but we were invited by Gaji and some of the uh yokels, the oldie locals, to um a polenta lunch. Now, this is in, very traditional for ferragosto It, I, I always think, why are we eating polenta in the dead heat of summer? But it's that they would be harvesting the corn around now. Um, not sweet corn, by the way. This is pol- this is corn that they grow for the pigs and for polenta.
0: Correct? Yeah, and this this is the firm type of polenta. So you um, up north, you'll find more of the porridgey, fluid yeah. polenta that they'll put different different things on top of. But this one is cooked firm. So
1: what they do is it's a um, almost like a polenta lasagna that they serve. Frankino, well, the- take it
0: back. How do they cook it? That's, That's the what I was just going to say.
1: So, Frankino, the polenta maker, he was also born in this house. He's adorable, and uh, just a total character. In his mid 80s, and he showed up for lunch um, at about 9:30 in the morning to make the polenta in his copper cauldron over an open fire. This is old school style and he then mixes the entire thing by eye and by hand so he stir, just stir stir stir, stir 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 and just adds a handful here and there of the golden polenta tosses it into the pot and just keeps on mixing and does that for a belpo
0: yeah it takes a while to make it. <laughs> i don't know exactly how long i've watched him do it but i haven't seen the whole process like in set, a while sat there and seen how long they stir till he stirs until it looks right i'm sure exactly
1: till it's done And then he takes you um get a towel or or, I'm
0: like a sheet or a It's you wet what is it? (laughs) Linen.
1: Linen and you You, damp it. You you, wet it. You wet
0: linen, you pour it uh, and stretch it out and then you dump the polenta onto there and you wrap the wet wrap the polenta in wet linen and let it cool and this lets it set up and not get a crust on it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Then you take a piece of twine and you um twine off, slice off. (laughs) I'm not the cook of the family. Um, big pieces of big squares of polenta or, um, squares, rectangles, whatever. And then from that, you then twine off, um, (laughs) use the twine. What's the proper way to say it?
0: You cut it with twine. You cut
1: it with twine. Slice into, it. Into thinner slices. And you take that and you get a huge, man, that pentola, that like pan pot. That casserole dish. What what
0: would you even? It would weigh a ton.
1: It is massive, and you make you start to layer it with a rich ragu. Um,
0: The sugo. It's not called a ragu. Oh, sorry, sugo. The sugo is um, a special sugo that. Which um, means sauce. Which is one of those that takes you know one of those two day kind of things, and it's got all the different ground up meats, and and it's a very rich, um, uh, uh, dense. Like oily, meaty, meaty sauce. sauce. Yeah, you three put, meats in it, I you, think. You wouldn't put this over pasta. This is totally just for this this uh, dish. And you make basically a casserole. Think of a lasagna without the, without the pasta, but with uh, polenta polen- polenta slices instead. Um, a little bit of sauce goes down, a slice of the polenta uh, or a layer of the polenta, a little bit of sauce over the top, and grated uh, aged pecorino because they wouldn't have Parmigiano-Reggiano because that's from Amelia. That's from further up north. Um, they were
1: sheep herders here. They had a lot of
0: sheep. And you fill it all the way up. Um, no mozzarella, no, nothing like that. And then you just kind of let it. No moz. S- no moz. Then you just let it sit there for 10, 15 minutes and the um, polenta soaks it, it. all mm-hmm. up. And it is not a light.
1: No, and these people pack it on. Like, we were probably 15, 20 of us. Yeah, uh, probably 20. And we were probably the youngest by 20 years, at least. And uh, these people not only had... First plate, which was a heavy serving, but Rosanna went back, Gaji's wife, for three helpings.
0: These people eat this. I could well, you, It's you, impressive. It's impressive. Two things. Usually, when we have this in other years, it's been like sweltering. it's been sweltering out, and it's not what you want. This hot, heavy, steamy. No, it's
1: not light and fresh. And no, crisp. it's it's, a, like, it's not oh what you think God. of a summer nap
0: inducing. Yeah. Um, this year there was it was overcast it, it was overcast that day so it was it was more palatable, but I am impressed. They these people eat that stuff. Well,
1: also because it wasn't that the meal was ending there.
0: No, so meanwhile th- at the grill that was the second course. So, <laughs> first course was antipasti was just some crostini and a little bit of grilled vegetables. Mm-hmm. They're Pretty light. Um, then there's the giant plates of polenta, and then for the third course or uh, the secondo, sorry, was um. Mixed gr- just mixed grilled meats and they had sausage, ribs and um, spiadini skewers and um, then just a gr- like a, um, a vegetable salad like uh,
1: from someone's garden yeah, tomato cucumber, pepper cucumber
0: mm-hmm. um, mixed up but the the amount of there was so much food oh my it god was, the
1: meat was. Delivered to the table in a vat That was like a tub of meat That they'd walk by and be like Which meats would you like? Oh, die, take die, more take more. And it was like, oh my god I've already had two servings of polenta And I was served on the light side Compared to the amount of everyone else was eating It seemed like And then just the meats And then the salad was great And after that came all the desserts yeah, like- We brought dessert And we were one of like ten choices <laughs> Crostata, the jam tart, which is everywhere, every restaurant house. This is what you keep with a tea towel over it, and you just serve it all the time breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, whatever. Um, there was some strange, like, apple, eggy cake. Um, someone made pastries and with, filled with cream, some filled with Nutella. Like, it was all out. Oh, and then those rolled things. The
0: rolled cakes, mm-hmm. yeah forget the name of those there's a name rollatini no there's a name for them. but uh it was it was a ton and then the grappas and yeah. the homemade digestivi um and the good wine. the good wine like none of the wine had a label on it it was all just oh i got this when i went up to the veneto and and blah 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 and how ha- some homemade some you know no- nothing was labeled it was all no. the good stuff
1: they took old um water um uh, water bottle glass water bottles, and they would fill it up with the loose wine and serve it at the table. It was fantastic it was perfect and uh, then of course, all of the kind of shit talking and um you know just everyone starts to tell old stories or they tell us great old stories about the house and, and with Frankino and his sister and brother there as well and they tell us other stories. It's just crazy to bring this old place to life from hearing their past experiences here but then it's fun to see Gaji get flipped shit or I don't know I love it. I love the old banter.
0: Um, this was at the a, ch- a church on, between our house and on the main back off the main road. It's called San Donato and it is a church that is used. It's not abandoned but it's not. It's used a handful of times a year.
1: And the Rovero, Gaji's neighbor, he had the keys. He's also the one that made the sugo for the polenta. And so after the lunch, it started to sprinkle. And, of course, everyone begins to melt in the rain oh. here. Oh, Gaji just called. And um, he took us all on a tour of the private quarters of the priest from the house. And like Jason said, it's been abandoned for probably... 50 plus years or so. No one's lived in there, but just to see, I don't know, to see it again, kind of have this history behind it and the stories and see the old, not only the holes in the ceiling from where the um, church bells were atop in the ropes, but then to see the old ropes right there as well. And I don't know the all the little details, it's really cool. And, um, of course everyone then tries to sell us the place. Oh, you should buy the house next door. There's one up the road. Up Oh, you mean up that terrible crappy road. Yeah. Yeah, but the house is beautiful. So it's hysterical. They they want us to live here forever, which is sweet. Um Oh, Gaji Let's see. He's coming back from the phone call. I'm sure this was just his daily check-in, whether he shows up in person for a coffee or he calls. He needs the weather report. Yes, that was,
0: (laughs) what are we doing today? And did it rain last night? How much? Not much. Not even, you couldn't even call that rain.
1: Um, I was just finishing up about Fergusto. Oh, and the best part. Um, as if you could eat any more, they send everyone home with huge amounts of polenta, everything, and meat yeah. and desserts, platters of everything to take it, home. We were twenty,
0: <laughs> we were twenty, and there was enough food for fifty at least. least. Yeah. When the when after every after we were done with uh, the the polenta, I had to help uh, another guy carry the casserole dish. You couldn't even call this a casserole. It is no, a you can't. Giant pan. Um, it still took two people. It was a third gone. There was kilos, kilos polenta. Of polenta. <laughs> insane. Um.
1: So other than that we haven't had much going on. It's been pretty boring out here. All festivals and things are pretty much um
0: canceled or canceled very or, low key. Yes. Not worth driving an hour plus to find out that it's not really going no, We've on. already
1: had three strikes. We're out of the festival game. So um, that's been our highlight for August for sure. Otherwise, we've been
0: jarring. Uh, we, tomato, we're tomato. We starting to jar the tomatoes. Half This year, it's half the production of normal years.
1: It's sad because we started it all by seed this year for the first time and they looked fantastic. Well, we personally
0: started them by seed. Yes. Our, our tomatoes are started by seed every year just by someone else. True.
1: <laughs> um, I think they knew what I meant, but, um, so they look great and we were really proud and Jason was really excited to see what would come calling this, what would be his glory garden.
0: Yeah. Not so much. Kind of the garbage garden. It's a, it's the garbage garden. It's a disappointment. (laughs) We're all disappointed in it. The cats, me,
1: the the wet mornings set in too much on the leaves for the tomatoes. It looks like it should be the end of September, October.
0: Yeah, June was a – the second half of June and the first half of July was rough for the garden because it was – while it was warm and beautiful during the day, it would get really chilly at in, night and in the morning. And it would get into um, 8, 10 degrees in the mornings um, and dewy. And the tomatoes did not like that when they were young. Nope. And they never really bounced. Come on, bounce back. Come on. So – <sighs> tomatoes are lackluster. If you
1: ask, if someone just came by and saw the amount of tomatoes, they'd still think it was It
0: was good. Plenty, no, we, we, but... we usually have hundreds and hundreds of kilos. I, I do No hyperbole. It's usually there are tomatoes everywhere. And this year, not so much. I'm looking at two crates. You know, there's more than two crates. So we've made, um, so our tomato production for for jars is going to be low this year because we have to give um Gaji needs his fifty, and then we Carolyn and Luke. And, Luke, and then we'll do the rest. We'll, we'll keep the rest for next year for yeah. the guests.
1: But it will not be like years past when not only we are sick of tomatoes, but the, t- the chickens are. Yeah, too. they stop
0: eating the <laughs> tomato scraps. No, so oh, I th-
1: note to anyone listening: do not put your um, tomato scraps if you are doing this into your compost.
0: Oh, the seeds,
1: man! It just is a mess when we use the compost dirt the good stuff um that's composted down in the flower beds and beds for the raised beds for the like carrots and things like that the amount of tomatoes that try to sprout up because we used to just dump all that sludge into well we Well, we seed
0: the tomatoes mm-hmm. so it's just all tomato seeds and you throw it in the compost and it is when you use it it's amazing how many tomatoes sprout in your flowers and everywhere everywhere
1: Everywhere. it's like we can have tomatoes growing all over the place here so note to any gardeners uh tomato tip don't do that (laughs) when we're not jarring i've been trying to go out and pick berries it's still a little bit early but you have to be on your berry game out here because oldies from afar will show up in little ape three-wheel trucks with homemade devices and contraptions and claws with buckets on the end to um clean out the fruto di bosco, the wild berries, the kind of blackberries.
0: Yeah, we only have one. We have molare, the blackberries. And Mm -hmm. from year to year, it depends on the rain and the weather. And this year, there's not a ton of them, but they're good.
1: Yes. And I've been going out in the evenings, but... Man, sometimes those like horsefly evening flies just start to attack. So, um, and I've been scoping. It's a little early. I think at the end of the month, give it another week or so, and um, I could come home with a really good pick. I haven't ever come home with enough to make a full-on pie. That's always been the goal. Jason's like, should I be making dough? And it's like,
0: no, <laughs>
1: not yet.
0: So they're not really enough for jarring. Um, but we sit. Th- There's always a bowl of of wild rat, of wild blackberries sitting on those mm-hmm. table. They it's only nice. la- they only last about a day, day or two. A day and a half to mm-hmm. before they start going going bad. But. Well, it's a
1: good thing I eat them by the handful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh other highlights of this Oh, we harvested the corn? Yeah, the corn it was okay. It was short. I don't know what we happened. We grew sweet
1: corn. I smuggled seeds back from Seattle and I don't know they did not Grow tall, like you could not do a corn maze in that. You'd
0: see right over the top. No, the, but the uh, corn was okay. It yeah. wasn't super sweet, but it was it was okay.
1: It's better than what we could get here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, carrots are still looking good. What else is going? The pumpkins are getting humongous. Pumpkins are almost... peppers r- are rocking and rolling. Yeah. We, um, we had a lot of cross pollination this year.
0: We've already talked about. I that know, but it podcast. just
1: uh, some of these peppers are super spicy. That shouldn't. Gaji got all pissed the other day. Yeah, the sweet pepper. <laughs> (laughs) are spicy
0: and the spicy peppers are not that crazy.
1: He was like, good God, I touched my eyes the the next morning and it was still burning from your peppers. (laughs) Never grow those again. He likes to make grand proclamations of what we're not allowed to grow again. (laughs) If he doesn't
0: like it it's not allowed to be grown ever he was again. we talking
1: about it yesterday with the tomatoes too, the ones that we never again.
0: <laughs> um other highlights this from this month. Oh, immigration. We got we're done with immigration, I guess. We take a we took a break from um harassment of the uh, prefetura, the um immigration office in Pesaro uh for the holiday over the summer. It's, it's pretty much useless to Start keep calling them because there's no one in those offices.
1: No, I'd been sending an email every week or two to follow up, and for our, the citizenship, like Jace was saying. But in the meantime, we needed to get our permesso di soggiorno, our permission to stay renewed. We talked about that a couple podcasts ago on bitching about bureaucracy, <laughs> and so we were able to go and do the next step of the permesso, which was the meeting at the questura, at the police office in. Orbino. Yeah, pretty uneventful. Them, yeah, bring him a few other documents and our photos, redo the fingerprint scans, and now we just wait for the cards.
0: And that card can take anywhere from a couple of months to one time it arrived, expired. It did. It totally It did. arrived, <laughs> expired. <laughs> You can't make that up, folks. So So
1: we like to to take bets on when it will get here. It'll
0: get here when it gets here. Two
1: weeks. We
0: we did what we're supposed to do. Now it's just in the hands of uh, the Italian state.
1: Slow and steady um how about we do some listener q a all right um first one was i've gotten so many emails and whatnot just checking in on your arm and people being so sweet to follow
0: up and see how you're doing oh the arm is good the mobility is better but no strength it's slow
1: there's not a lot you still can't do uh i
0: can't put my arm above my head still
1: no or straight across from like 90 degrees Getting better at that. Getting better, but not quite.
0: It's just no strength. Like I pick, uh, we harvested potatoes the other day and Gaji was doing all the hard work of digging them up. And all I was doing is picking them up. And by the end of a morning of doing that, I was shot for the whole day. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. that was over the weekend.
1: Those two are a mess out there. They both are so honry and want to be in the garden and do work. Jason, you know his story. We told you before, Gaji. I think that um, he, did, he fell. He fell down, fell down some stairs a, a
0: month over, maybe six weeks ago. It's beginning of July was it the beginning? Yes. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, and he's still, his shoulder still. He up. thinks
1: he dislocated his shoulder. I don't know if it ever got put back or was dislocated or not, but he still is
0: slow and sore. Won't, and won't go to get it looked at. I go, you work in a, your studio has an <laughs> orthopedic surgeon there. Why don't you just tell him to look at it? So it's like the contractor's house is always the worst one on the block.
1: For sure. So. Two guys out there we barely have two working shoulders. I
0: know. But at least I'm not doing the I'm not doing the um no. I let the I let the 71 year old man do <laughs> with the, the uh, with the bum shoulder. I'm not going to risk myself. No. Uh, And there was another question about driver's license.
1: Yes. uh, Bonito had sent us.
0: It's it's in the other room.
1: I know. It's okay. He wrote to us about moving to Italy and how to get a driver's license as an
0: expat. And his brother or his friend was driving around. A friend
1: had been living here for years and has been driving around on an American driver's license with no problem, but he is moving here and wants to start a business and do it all right and buy the books. So he was curious the proper way. So, So you've come to the right place because we have both stories in this house. <laughs> um, I
0: have been doing exactly what your friend has been doing: is driving around an American license for quite a while. Wait,
1: quite, quite a while from day one. Day
0: one. So when we came, uh, right before we came, I got my license renewed, and that was good for ten years. So as a North American, I believe Canadians are in this in this mixed with us. We can't simply take our valid um, uh, North American driver's license and transfer it over. Um, other con- many many other cra- countries from crazy places where you 'd be like that, you can transfer that license, uh, yes, and it has to do because we found out uh, because of the transmissions of cars north americans don 't really know ha- uh, have a lot of experience with manual transmissions, and that 's ninety percent of the cars you see here so mm-hmm. there's and a, a big part of the test and it 's a big part of the test as well, so um, you <sighs> It sucks. It's,
1: it's like seven hundred and fifty to a thousand, thousand euros and to enroll in the school. It's best to go ahead and just do the school enrollment, be, even though it freaking sucks for the price because they take care of everything. The administrative, part. all the administrative part, they take care of setting up the dates for your tests and things like that.
0: Um, you can absolutely do it by you do it yourself, mm-hmm. and you would just have to get your own packet together and and all the um, bonific, all the wire transfers. You have. it's you're paying for a service. It's I, I. don't. I. I have no idea how you do it, but it, there's a way. And it's the um, test is forty questions. Oh yeah. So the test is a pain in the ass. It's forty questions, true false, and because they're true false, they try to get you. They with, try to trick you. They try to trick you with slips of the language, and it's hard for a non-native speaker. It's hard for Italians. Um, you, th- I go to these classes with these teenagers, and they are sweating this thing, this test out. It's um, just stupid. Like the whole thing, the uh, is that a, is that an ignorant thing to say? It's just, it's just stupid. stupid.
1: It's stupid, you no, guys. It's just
0: a boring. It's not a very interesting subject, and the and the the the, w- the way everything's worded is very frustrating, and then it gets in your head. So you start, you start overthinking things. So you'll read a question. It'll be like, you should always stop at a stop sign. And you think, well, hmm, that's too easy. It can't just be true. Like there has to be, well, there has to be a, a, a modifier or something, uh-huh. something. Well, it's not true because what if there's an uh, um, agent, like a um, traffic person there, and he tells you to go, then, then you shouldn't be stopping at the stop sign. You should put, listen to the agent. So maybe it is false because it's not always that way, right? <laughs> exactly. And you just get up in your head, and, and, it's, and you end up getting stupid things wrong. So um, – I'm doing it now. This is his, like, third attempt, I
1: think. Not attempt. Well, he's never taken the test. I've never taken the test. I've gotten to the... I've he's gotten... done the doctor's visits. He's done the eye checks. And...
0: Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot. There's ancillary fees. Don't forget about the ancillary fees. So the seven hundred and fifty dollars to 1000 bucks. that's for just the just the um, the school. Then you have to go to get... The, and the tests. And the tests. Then you have to go to a doctor and get a €70 euro, uh Certifica medical certificate of a medical certificate saying you 're not crazy and you 're fit to drive that, even though they don 't take any blood pressure that rate, is any... a racket. The guy printed out a form, checked all the no boxes, signed it, stamped it, and handed it to me. and wanted seventy euros without asking you a question didn 't want to know anything about me <laughs> then you have to go get an eye exam, which is forty euros. Um, and get and that's where you discovered you were colorblind. I'm not colorblind. There's a problem with those tests. <laughs> <laughs> it's the green and reds. Um, and then there's got to be another like Marco Dibolo or something. I don't know. Probably so figure. Oh, uh, photos. You have to get photos, oh, yeah. which is ten euros. So you know, there's another hundred or two hundred euros. Uh, in, it in, adds up. In in. in other fees as well. And normally you
1: have to do X amount of hours at the s- school for before your test. Like, they they just... The classes are... At least the one out in our place are pretty lame. It's just they give you... You just do the test. And you then sit there and you do he, the test. He reads it off. You do it. And then he... Tells you the answers and goes over it if anyone has questions. And that's all you do. But okay. thankfully now there's like a bunch of apps and stuff. When I did it when I did it years ago, it was just a book. And like practice books and it was just like, Oh my
0: God. Yeah. But you sit there with a bunch of teenagers and they talk and it's just, it's like, I can just sit, I can go home and do these tests. Well, now
1: you can do it. Like yeah. now they do it on well, now, zoom and now
0: stuff. it's not Now it's totally exactly. There's no school. Anymore. Well,
1: that was the crazy part too. He was about to take it.
0: Oh yeah. I was, so I was ready to do this right before the, the Rona hit. And, uh, I didn't have my date yet, but I was, I, I had, all up. I was all studied up and I was in there with the guy. You and had then, your doc, you had your medicos. Yeah, my, all my documents were ready to go and we were going to make the date. And then Corona hit and they closed the school for like four months. They closed all of this for like four months. So then once it opened up again, Contacted them, and it's like, yeah, they're backlogged forever. So contact me in September. <laughs> so now I forgot, it like, uh, this, this information information's so boring and dull, my brain rejects it as soon as I stop studying it constantly. So I have to go back and restudy all this stuff again. Well,
1: hopefully you don't fail the test. <laughs> yeah, no
0: kidding. No kidding.
1: So those were the listener questions this week. If you have any more. Oh! Also, on that, I think he might have mentioned, or at least I know other people, um, especially who are moving here, say, well, I should be fine. I've got my international driver's license. That doesn't really do shit.
0: No, the law says within uh, 12 months of being here, you have to change it over to an Italian
1: license. Yes, and the international driver's license is just a standardized form for international um, police to be able to understand and read your driver's license so they can find the pertinent information. Immediately. Um, otherwise it's not like a valid form of much of anything. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. It's just a, yeah, it's a way to, for them to read it. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so you're,
0: you're correct. Benito, if you would like to follow the law within, you will get here to Italy and, and pretty, pretty quickly sign up for a driving school. They're everywhere. Yep. They're absolutely everywhere.
1: And then enjoy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll be like,
1: "Oh my god! I can't believe I'm freaking doing this. I've driven for 25 years, or whatever it may be." But um, um, stick around. I think I'll read a couple chapters from the book. As oh, well. don't say that.
0: No. Do you think you're going to do- actually do it?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. I'll read a chapter.
1: I haven't done it in a while.
0: Uh, um, is it going to be today or just a day? We'll
1: see. Domani.
0: No. One, <laughs> we got to keep it. We got to keep it fresh. What What are we at for time? 29 minutes yeah i'll do a quick chapter okay very good
1: um if you guys have any questions for us to cover or maybe we will read them maybe we won't on the next podcast shoot me an email at info at com, or send us a message from Instagram or Facebook at Latavolomarque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And don't forget, start planning the 2021 vacation of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks you guys for listening. Have a good one. Ciao, ciao. All right. Thanks for sticking around and listening to a, another chapter summary from the unpublished, unfinished, untitled book about our first year living in Italy. This one is totally apropos to what we were just talking about on the podcast. I did not even realize this until I just opened the pages folder. And sure enough, chapter 28, a history of polenta. All right, here we go. Remember, stick with me. I haven't read this in years and years so this is the first time reading it as you guys are hearing it <laughs> all right as the dusk slowly creeps across our valley blanketing the rolling hills in a soft pink light and the cicadas buzz high above in the trees we build a fire in our front yard erecting a wooden teepee to cradle a copper cauldron the massive antique pot holds lava hot lava hot golden polenta being patiently stirred by hand this will be our dinner Tonight, the local polentone or polenta maker, Franco, who has been making polenta for over 50 years, came to our farmhouse for a very special dinner. Salivating mouths with hungry bellies hovered closely to see how polenta, stone ground corn from the fields, has been made in this area for centuries. It's not only a memorable night for us and our guests, but also Franco. He was born in our house over 80 years ago, small in structure with a Small in stature, with a big heart, Franco is the local all-around handyman. From working in the fields, leading the Transumanza, trimming trees in town, directing traffic at festivals, and an avid basket weaver, (laughs) he is a true country renaissance man. Franco brings the history of the house alive for us, telling us stories of life at Kakamone in the 40s and 50s. Will you take me to see the room where I was born, he asked. In the first apartment at the top of the stairs, I unlocked the door, and he silently wept. Holding my hand almost as a way not to drown in the flood of emotions, he grips me. Franco tells me how the layout of the house used to be and where his grandmother slept, where the padrone, the landowner and his family slept, and even an old hidden staircase, which of course got my imagination running wild. I still too to this day want to open the wall and find out what is in there. The ghosts stirred a bit as we first as we heard firsthand old stories of our house and the families that had lived here before us. Now back to the polenta. While stirring the thick polenta, Franco explains the history of our dinner to the group of British guests. Actually, he speaks in Piobacese dialect, and I try my best to quickly translate that into Italian in my head and then into English out loud. For hundreds of years, the men of this area would head into these exact woods to hunt for dinner. Upon returning, the women would make a deliciously rich sugo out of whatever meat was brought home then the men would build a great fire and slowly cook the polenta mixing it by hand in a copper cauldron for about an hour thick like porridge franco poured the polenta onto a long wooden table topped with a wet sheet to let it set up and dry out a bit A glass or two of wine later, using twine, he cut the polenta into thick squares and laid them into the biggest baking dish I've ever seen. Then, essentially creating a polenta lasagna, layering polenta, the most delicious meat sauce, using three types of meat and porcini mushrooms, and tons of grated pecorino serve. There were were more than 20 of us that night, but Franco made enough for 50, just like we talked about on the podcast um what's his work is done the fire put out this little old man can eat seriously never l- no you'd never know looking at frankie now but he finished not one or two but three plates of polenta and then headed for the antipasti contorno table filled with salads and veggies again three times where does he put it well frank let me in on a little polenta eating secret don't drink "'Water, wine, niente, nothing, while you're eating the polenta. "'It will make the polenta expand. "'Only after you've finished eating it, you can quench your thirst.' "'I wish I'd listened to him, because after one big plate and a few glasses of wine, "'I was TKO'd. "'Watching Franco recreate this meal is surreal. "'I think how far we've really come in all these years.' Here we are in the country eating the exact same meal that hunters of this area have eaten for centuries using the same techniques today as the men before us, savoring every single bite just as they did. All right. That was a short and sweet one. Uh, The next chapter coming up will be Truffle Mania. So as you can tell, we're right on schedule for heading into fall. This will be perfect for the next podcast. And thanks for sticking around to listen to a little ramblings of the book and a little more story on Frankino or Franco, the local Polentone. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Ciao, ciao.